edition of With All Due Respect. Strong opinions on politics, life, and entertainment. Welcome to another edition of With All Due Respect, the podcast that believes Anchorage taxes should support Anchorage residents. Welcome. I'm your host, Andrew Halcrow. With me, as always, Mr. Van Sanders. Van, how are you this fine episode? Hey, man, I'm doing okay. Feeling pretty good about the greenery showing up outside. Most excellent. I would also like to thank the Anchorage Daily News for hosting this podcast on their platform and remind listeners that the very strong opinions you hear on this podcast are mine and mine alone and in no way, shape, or form represent the views of the Anchorage Daily News or their employees. On today's podcast episode, we'll be talking taxes and British television. Now, I know the irony of the reversal of fortunes is not lost on me. This will be a show about how the Alaska legislature wants taxation without representation and great British crime drama shows. What a difference 246 years makes, huh? All right, let's talk politics. Politics. And now for some politics. The state of Alaska is running out of money and they are looking for ways to find additional revenue. Over the last five years, in an attempt to balance their budget, state lawmakers have basically stopped supporting communities like Anchorage. Let me repeat, the state has basically stopped supporting communities like Anchorage in order to balance their budget. They eliminated revenue sharing, bond debt reimbursement, and reduction of support funding. The result has been Anchorage has been not only strapped for cash, but has continued to put a majority of the tax burden shifted by the state onto local property owners. So while the state has been cutting the budget, they have simply been passing the cost onto you through higher property taxes while leaving you a city that is unable to respond to growing demands. Now, in order to make any sense of this, we need a history lesson. One of the observations of the creators of our great state constitution was that our communities around Alaska would have trouble surviving without state assistance. Due to Alaska's sparse population scattered around a large landmass combined with our geographical distance from markets, they realized the state would have to play a greater role in helping communities. Why? Because the state has access to all of the resource revenues. Oil, gas, timber, mining, fish revenues all flow to the state, not the communities. With the geographic isolation of many Alaskan communities and the distance to larger markets, growing any type of large-scale manufacturing or production would be difficult, which would make it tough for communities like Anchorage to grow any type of a large tax base to support the increasing costs of government. That is why state support has been so critical. Today, due to the last several years of massive state spending reductions, adjusted for inflation, the state is currently spending at 1975 levels. In 1975, I was in fifth grade at Lake Otis Elementary School, and the oil wasn't even flowing in the pipeline yet. Now, the state has not only taken away critical support in hundreds of millions, shifted the increased tax burden to local residents, 
But now it appears they are coming for your only possible relief. In the coming months and years, we will hear state policymakers talk about a state sales tax. In fact, just last week, I heard Senate President Peter Machicki on a newscast saying that the legislature may be considering a seasonal tail tax. So let's recap. The state has been cutting its budget, thus shifting higher taxes to Anchorage residents for years. And now they want to come back and take the last possible relief from you. Okay, let's talk about this. Today, if you're a property owner in Anchorage, you share a larger portion of the burden of local costs of government due to the city having few other revenue streams to pay for the demands. For decades, Anchorage residents have resisted a sales tax by constantly defeating it out of the ballot. Why? Because of the fear that residents might soon be paying higher property taxes in addition to the local sales tax. So let's ask ourselves, is it better if the state comes in and takes that same money and then uses it to provide services in other communities? The answer, of course, is a big no. A state sales tax would be devastating to Anchorage and its economy. A state sales tax would rob Anchorage of the only hope in the future of us diversifying the city's tax base and taking pressure off property owners. A state sales tax would take money from our community and pay for services in other communities. Currently, there are 50,000 cars a day that travel from the Matsu Valley to Anchorage. These are people who live in the valley but work and do business in Anchorage. They don't contribute to the cost of maintaining the infrastructure that they benefit from. A state sales tax would even take money from visitors who impact the infrastructure of our community to fund infrastructure in other communities. A state sales tax would not only keep this imbalance of trade, but Anchorage would end up not only providing free infrastructure, but using our cash receipts to pay for others' infrastructure. Why? Because Anchorage would be the single biggest cash cow for a state sales tax. Anchorage is the economic epicenter of the state where over 75% of the commerce is done. A million tourists a year visit Anchorage in their sales tax dollars. Instead of going to repair Anchorage's sidewalks, the money would go to pave roads in Kenai. A state sales tax would mean Anchorage residents would be supporting every other community when their own community has significant needs for significant investment. Furthermore, given the reluctance of Anchorage voters to approve a sales tax, do we honestly believe that after the state comes in and levies a sales tax, we will be any closer? Meanwhile, Anchorage will become the cash cow that the rest of the state gets to milk at our expense. Currently, over 100 Alaskan communities have a sales tax. Sales taxes are traditionally reserved for local governments to provide direct support and support communities. It is the only tax that allows the city to spread the burden fairly to homeowners, renters, and visitors to pay for the infrastructure and lighten the burden on other taxpayers. Think about this. You walk into Costco and drop 100 bucks with a 2% state sales tax. That's $2 that doesn't go where it should. That's $2 which should go to provide you with better local roads, local snow removal, or local public safety. And the absence of that revenue means that property tax pressures will continue. In fact, since a state sales tax doesn't even come close to solving the state's financial situation, chances are that lawmakers will still be forced to cut the budget, cut services, shift those costs to local taxpayers. So that means your property taxes will go up while your community is again robbed of its only way to raise sufficient revenue to fund the future. Anchorage residents lose on a state sales tax. A state sales tax allows our community to become the biggest cash cow for the rest of Alaska to milk at our expense. 
While we might embrace a state sales tax as the lesser of two evils compared to an income tax, I'm not here to argue the two. I'm here to tell you that a state sales tax isn't the end of the state's fiscal problems, but it is the beginning of Anchorage's future fiscal problems. Think about it. Would you like to subsidize the rest of the state without any control over where those dollars go when your own community has growing needs? I hope not. But hey, the more you know, the better you are to form an opinion. And now, entertainment. All right, now let's talk some entertainment. During the last year, I have been watching nothing but British television, including British crime dramas. What I loved about these shows was they all ran several seasons, so you really got to know the characters. The cast stays consistent with little turnover, which helps maintain the transition from season to season. It provided different sceneries, rolling hills in the quaint villages of England, different pace, plot, and what I found was better dialogue. Every murder investigation didn't revolve around someone getting shot or feature some egocentric detective. In fact, some of my favorite shows on British television usually involved a crime-fighting vicar who downs a pipe on a regular basis at the village pub. These shows spend more time showing the problem-solving of the detectives and limit the type of outside personal subplots that sometimes take away from the main plot in American crime dramas. But more importantly, even though some of those shows run over an hour, you never know for sure who's guilty until the last 10 minutes. All in all, if you want a break from everyday crime dramas, here are my three top crime drama recommendations that are available on Amazon Prime. And two of these shows actually air on KAKM, Anchorage's local purveyor of brilliant, British content. The first show on my list is called Grant Chester. It's a British crime drama set in 1950s Cambridgeshire, England. The show features James Norton as an Anglican vicar who develops a sideline in helping the local chief detective solve murders. The show is still on the air and is in its fifth season. And what I really enjoyed about the show was the slower pace and the more thoughtful dialogue. It really is a great show mixing both you know, religious and, and old English history. It's a fabulous show. This one does air on KKM. The second show is called Endeavor. It's really a prequel to the long-running Inspector Morse, and like that series, it's set primarily in Oxford, England in the 1960s. The story revolves around the young Endeavor Morse beginning his career as a detective and later as a sergeant with the Oxford City Police. The show is still on the air. It's in its eighth season, and what I really enjoyed about this show was the complex relationship between Morse and his superior officer, Fred Thursday, and how each season you see the evolution of the characters play into their crime fighting. Again, this is where the consistency really makes these British crime dramas enjoyable. Finally, new tricks. This series focuses on the work of the Unsolved Crime and Open Case Squad, a fictional division within London's Metropolitan Police Service tasked with reinvestigating unsolved crimes. Yukos centers around a senior police detective overseeing the work of three ragtag retired police officers who have been hired back to the force to work on unsolved cases as private citizens. This was a show I really put off watching when I finally did get around to watching it. I loved it. The characters are like a cross between Barney Miller and Sherlock Holmes. 
show ran for 12 seasons, and it wasn't until the ninth season before one of the main characters left the show. A great show with really likable, quirky characters who solve unique cold cases every episode. New Tricks is a great show, and I highly recommend it. In future episodes on With All Due Respect, I'll highlight other genres of British television shows and let you know where you can find them. But until then, enjoy these three crime dramas. I think you'll really enjoy them. Well, there is the familiar exit music, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for spending your 15 minutes with us today. Van, how about throwing the folks your website info? Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, if you visit abodabobrand.com, that's A-B-O-D-A-B-O-B-R-A-N-D.com, you can see a little bit more about what I do and uh, touch base with me. All right, so that is this edition of With All Due Respect. We hope you will join us next podcast. Take care, everybody.